Oh shit! Good start. <laughs> Good start. As <laughs> and we're live. How are you going? Yeah. How are you? Are you good? It's been I hope so. That'd be good if you were. It's been a. It's been a good. Uh, it's been a refreshing couple of weeks for you. Oh yeah, that was great. Sitting in a dark room, thinking my head hurts repeatedly until I passed out of consciousness because my head hurt so much. That was uh, filled with heady goodness. But you you recovered in what like two to three days, according to Miss Love, who by the way isn't here because he is still COVID positive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what you get when you have the same body you had when you were an embryo in the mum's womb. Uh, you don't really have the greatest defenses to the outside world. Yeah, and he was staying in his womb. He was blaming his problems on his mum because his mum brought oysters and beer. <laughs> hey, that's that's what uh, Croatians think will fix you. Well, it? that's their Tixi Licks cough medicine, is it? Yeah, isn't that incredible? I just look. I was always paying out bogan mums for giving their kids Vegemite and white bread. For their lunches. Yeah. But that's when they were healthy. And mm. their kids. They can withstand having bread that has had all of the goodness sucked out of it. She's just giving it to her. She's just like, here you go. Here's bread liquid form. Drink up. <laughs> Wait, so what did you have during your uh, days of illness? Vitamins. Just, <laughs> no. No, I didn't have any vape. But I had a lot of vitamins, as you would say. And vitamins. that helped. Who was surprised? You know what Miss Love's version of vitamins was? What? M&M's. M- <laughs> sort of the same shape. It's what a five-year-old would think of like, okay, I'm, uh, this is Dr. Miss Love here. I prescribe to you six Skittles and a Twizzly bar. I'm sorry, Miss, but like, I don't think that when you're sick, you should be having... Essentially, what is nothing more than a concentrated... It's more... Okay, a placebo pill is just sugar. This is sugar and dairy when you're sick. <laughs> and cancer, let's be real. Yeah. A little nice bit of that. nice healthy dose of that. But no, I know you've had vitamins, as I would say. <laughs> but <laughs> what did would. you have for food? You <clears throat> just had pills. I had pills and juice. Oh, well, okay, that's something. And then I got out of it after a hefty five days, but all these people that are saying, you're a pussy... My COVID wasn't that bad, therefore you're faking it. You do realise some people die from COVID. Right? Yeah, I don't know. It's if just, it varies. It, it, this is true, but someone was telling me that it didn't make sense to me, but they've told me that if you get COVID from someone that's unvaccinated, then it can be worse. Explain how. I don't know. That's what they said. They were saying, yeah, I was hanging out with a bunch of anti-vaxxers. They gave me the bad one. And I was hanging out with a city of anti-vaxxers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. one last citadel that refuses to yield to Bill Gates' agenda. (laughs) And the product was, uh, I've got to say, not great. You know when I was saying that Horrible Bosses was amazing and I was texting that to you guys before? I woke up the next day and my immediate thought was, hey, my head doesn't hurt anymore. And then my next thought was, what the fuck was I thinking Horrible bosses sucks balls. <laughs> it really does fuck with your mind. It was delirious. Hang on a minute. Russell Brand is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard how Russell Brand is the Joe Rogan of United Kingdom now? Well, good move. It's a great move. i got to say, Beats being in a bunch of movies where toys come to life. Yeah, but he, they're trying to cancel him. Well, yeah, that's... 
part of the territory. You want to be the Joe yeah. Rogan of the UK. Let's be real. Cancel the all the cancel people are just a wave that you can surf on at this point. Yeah. Most people are looking to get cancelled. As Isaac Butterfield says, they're better than paying for a PR firm. <laughs> they're a crowd-funded PR firm that gives you a bunch of headlines. What? And then the average person thinks, oh, this person's getting cancelled. They must have something valuable to say. Yeah. And usually that valuable thing to say is just like, dude, come on, let's, let's, just, let's just be honest about this. That chick is fat. She's not healthy, okay? <laughs> well, what did Isaac get? Uh, what was Isaac supposedly cancelled for this time? Uh, he made a joke about... The kids in Tasmania dying on a jumping castle. Oh, and it was yeah. like, okay, that's that's full on. Uh, but I don't think that you understand this one premise. If you didn't want that idea perpetuated, don't write 60 articles about it. Oh, like about Isaac talking about that particular instance? Yeah, like mm. as he was saying it was a ad lib joke that he said in a set... And, you know, the audience went, oh, and then he just went on with the rest of his stand-up show. And that's where it should have died. But this is just what happens in stand-up now. You become defined by that one joke that got the, oh, that's a bit far reaction, which is the job of a good comedian. A good comedian is going, where's the line? All right, that one went over the edge. Okay, we'll find the one that just, just hits that, you know, mm. is just within the court. That's where the good jokes are. Do you remember? So uh, I applaud you, Isaac. That was very brave of you talking. About no, very. It's the fifth time you've done it, but, but again, that's got nothing to do with you. You're not the one who's inviting all of this. But do you remember? But uh, as he's always saying, and it's a great point, which is what you think Isaac Butterfield is glad that fifteen kids or whatever died. Oh, no. yeah. I mean... No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, she is. Well, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. That's actually... All right, let's just take that back. He definitely thinks yeah, that. Yeah, there's a couple of kids stuck on that beard, too. What? <laughs> there's a couple of kids stuck on his beard. I don't know. <laughs> right, right, right. His right. beard is big. But do you remember uh, Citizen Kane, the, the movie? You watched it, right? <clears throat> uh, I do remember uh, the greatest film... In Western culture. Yeah, you know, yes. but I'm going to give you a very specific reference in it that loosely ties to Isaac Butterfield. Go on. So I need you to go back in time mm. and relive every moment for a second. <laughs> but in one, I can't remember, I think it's the <laughs> director who also makes an appearance in the movie. They're going on, a, on an elevator or something. Anyways, what he says is, he looks at like, he talks about like how Italy faced constant war repression during the whole renaissance period and he starts listing all of these uh painters writers that did all of their like uh really interesting and best work during that time of extreme censorship and violence and then um you look at switzerland which didn't have anything but also didn't have any uh, good famous writers so what i'm saying is i know we're always complaining about how cancel culture is killing comedy but do you think cancel culture, or in other words, the the sort of structure that we have to work within, is actually helping comedy? No. Because you always talk about this, like what you say, don't swear, that's a crutch, 
try to be funny without using it's the similar thing no i think actually there's a much more nuanced point that steve martin made which is you can swear that's fine but if what you should do is remove the swear words from the sentence and if it doesn't get a laugh then the joke is lazy mm. and if the swear word kind of just helps the character or it enhances the joke a little bit then that's a good use of language. Don't well, you reckon that's the that's the right yeah, way to look I at it? I suppose so. I so I get that, I but hate, like, because yeah, like there is, I I hate seeding ground to people that are always trying to shame comedians for saying lewd things. But they do have a certain point of that of the comedian that just gets up and is just like fuck, 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 fuck. Thank you for your forty dollars and leaves. <laughs> well, that's his joke in itself. He's. That's is still except that if he applies that same logic where using a word does it still get a laugh? He just has silence throughout. His entire <laughs> like, well, I can't do that. But so, you, so you're not taking because I've been thinking about this. So you're not taking this point of any like censorship can sometimes force you to be on your toes and may actually lead to good comedy. Yeah, it really does. But I think that the way that you were supposed to do that is to tiptoe around things but now i think the bar is so low for what people get outraged by that it doesn't really help whereas mccarthyism for instance there was really good skits that were made by american comics about mccarthyism because you were kind of fighting the notion that someone is a communist and that was censorship back then but now censorship is Isaac Butterfield saying women have hairy armpits and people go, oh, that's, you're making it too easy for us at that point. Like, give us a challenge. Make the censorship something that's hard to disseminate because then that makes you think about bigger concepts, Mm. you know? True. And going by that, if we've got like, what, at least seven eight years of this culture in fruition so we can look back and there's no good comedians that have come out in the last seven years mm. i can't think well of that indian guy <laughs> the guy who did bring back up <laughs> yeah yes. he's, he's all right russell peters under that constraint <laughs> was actually pretty good okay sing all right well but he's i will say this though look a lot of people try to do what he does and they don't hit it correctly it also helps that he's Indian when he makes the case of like, yeah, I don't want Apu being played by a brown guy. I kind of want a white guy to play. <laughs> yes. He's got that going for him. That's true. I don't want to take it away from him, though. His observations were pretty on point. Yeah, it's clear that he's thought and about it. It's clear he's thought about it, and he came to different conclusions to what other people came to, which I suppose is really the art of comedy, which is making people think in a different perspective. And I suppose the way that I, maybe I'm just being lazy myself and just, I think, you know, the whole cancer culture thing is a bit dull, Mm. but he's found a new angle on it, which, you know, in a lot of ways is probably a higher form because it's so low. And so you have to really try to come up with something different. Yeah, and it is the right angle. (laughs) Isn't it? I think it is. Anyways, this was supposed to be pre-show. Can you guys send us your questions? And uh, we'll go through them, and then we'll start the the pod after that. Jordan, book recommendations on the fall of Constantinople slash Byzantine Empire. 
I I haven't even gotten to the fall yet because it's too tragic. Uh, <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. That comes when ourselves. I turn oh. fifty. <laughs> you know how we were thinking about going to Istanbul. We're not thinking. Oh shit! We're First doing. of all, why why are we revealing it? Secondly, oh, sorry. I suppose, <laughs> I suppose now that it's on, we're not thinking, we're doing it, aren't we? We are doing it, but, well, surprise, uh, how's that for a pre-show? We're going on a vacation, hmm. <laughs> uh, but, <sighs> can we postpone that a bit? Because i got a lot to learn about that shit, man. Oh, really? I actually, what do you mean postpone until like, anyways, we'll talk about this. I'm just learning so much about it. But I will say this, the one book that I've read so far that I thought was, I've read a lot that fascinating about it. The one that I think is where the red pill of the next stand-up show is going to be, we could talk about this. I can't remember the name of it, but it's about Venice... And Byzantine's international relations, I suppose, of the Middle Ages. That one, that has really actually defined Western civilization. That tension between... That's a tale of two cities, mm. if I ever heard one. The, the, the tension between Constantinople and Venice and the fact that Venice won really shaped the West, in my opinion, for the worse. Wait, for wait, wait. the much worse. And Muslims didn't have anything to do with that, right? Because this is before the fall. This is the thing that's really interesting about it. You know what that really... Because just as a quick history lesson, kiddies. You know how there was a sacking by the Fourth Crusade of Constantinople 200 years before and then Mehmed came up and just did a clean-up act of it because after that it was just a shadow of itself mm -hmm. because all of its wealth had been extracted. The way that the Venetians, and there will be a bunch of history buffs saying, no, that's not, it was a complete accident. No, it wasn't a complete accident that there was a, a doge of the Venetians that kind of co-opted uh, the Crusades and put them in debt and said, "You, the only way you can pay us back really is to sack Constantinople. If you sack Constantinople, then you pay back our debt. If you want to see another example of this, you know the movie There Will Be Blood. You know how that's yeah. all a metaphor about how capitalism transposed Christianity? Like it just... Oh, I didn't think of that, but that makes sense. Well, that's what the whole yeah. movie's about. It's a really interesting, good concept of it. That is what happened in the medieval world. It was Venice was a civilization that was based off of trade, which what is trade really? Deceit. That's what, what trade what is. What do you mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's such a broad state. What is trade? It's just deceit. It's lies. Wait, you're saying that all the, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, fish we're importing for J from Japan for sushi is, is, is deceit? <laughs> we're exporting. And yes, it is. Because we are charging them, what, $80 a kilo for salmon? How much are we paying? 20 It's deceit. <laughs> That's his business. Well, you are you saying capitalism is deceit then? Yeah, but don't you think that especially trade, trade, what is the basic concept? I'm going to try and lie as much as possible about how crap your goods are so I can buy them at a cheap price and then I'm going to lie about how quality they are so I can sell them for even more. If you're a trader, that's the game. I mean, that's a very uh, pessimistic way of looking at it, but you could also... <laughs> everyone knows that the person you're buying something from is making money off of it. 
Yeah. Otherwise, why would they do it? But if you're an effective trader, you would have to be a good liar. If you want to maximize profit, because again, it's completely subjective. What did the Venetians want when they sacked Constantinople? They would say, you could keep the gold. Actually, you can even have these cities as long as they're not ports. And we're going to keep all the art. Why did they want the art? Because the art is subjective. And they could wait until they found the right buyer and they could lie about how great the art is. And, you know, they'd, they'd know until some count is just like, I must have it. I must have this chariot race painting. And they're just like, that's going to be arranged. Wow. This, this COVID stint was really good for you. You're getting red peeled on like, guys, guys, think about it. Old trade, it's a lie. Everything's a lie over here. Capitalism lies. Here's the thing though, Arlie. Am I wrong? I mean, in a way, you're not wrong, but also we've been doing trade since like the beginning of freaking time. It didn't have to be money oriented. We used to barter shit. Okay. Now, how's this for a red pill? If you read that book that I'm talking about, the Byzantines, because the Venetians were a trade organization, uh, a trade city, right? And they, that's, you know, when the Venetians were a superpower of the world, it was based off of trade, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they were able to get all of these resources in there, again, by lying about each of those transactions so more wealth would be going to that city than otherwise would have been because they just didn't have the resources to compete. In the Byzantine Empire, they hated traders. Traders were seen as a low profession. Uh, if you're a merchant or a trader, you were kind of seen as scummy. You were a necessary evil that they tolerated. I'll give you another example. In the marketplace in Constantinople... There would be an official that would essentially write up on their version of a chalkboard each day, fish is this much, uh, bread is this much. And if you charged more than that, a soldier would come along and cut your hand off and say, get the fuck out. <laughs> I'm sorry it was a typo, don't. <laughs> That's a bit harsh. Yeah. I, mean, I, I thought that zero was a nine. Uh, that sort of shit happens today, minus the hand cutting. Like government can uh, can mandate certain prices, and you have to do it. But that's usually considered bad economics. Exactly. Yeah. And it is bad economics, but it's fair. And this is the whole thing. Byzantine society was based off, and we'll talk about this in the up late podcast. Hey, for all of those losers online, which is you, because you're on Twitch <laughs> right now, you're listening to essentially what is a political podcast. I know you want this. And I, you know how much I hate talking about this, but we in the Uplate podcast are going to be talking about Karl Marx. Get subscribing. But uh, <laughs> he's a new man. You haven't heard of him that much. <laughs> We're going to be going deep down. Yeah, a new blood. He's got some interesting theories, this man. But is he right? We'll be exploring that Uplate and definitively answering that question. Um, but. Uh, this, okay, what okay. you're talking about is the age old debate of liberalism versus economic nationalism right Tell that's me. what you're basically saying Tell me that so what i'm going to give you an example when the when the koreas were partitioned and you got north korea and south korea north korea decided that they wanted to be self-reliant and they had those same ideas. Traders are scummy. We need to have everything that we can make ourselves so that kind of what Scott Morrison is saying there is like, we can't depend on China too much. We need everything to be built in this country, which is great and everything. But then South Korea were like, 
yeah, we can't do that. First of all, we don't have enough sunshine for most of the crops that we need, blah, blah, blah. And they went towards like a liberal, we export shit. We try to trade with the world as much as possible. And North Korea went the other way. Initially, North Korea was more successful than South. Mm. For the first five to 10 years, if you had to put money on which country was progressing better, you'd probably put your money on North. Mm. But then like the imbalance is just infinite now. Like now the world, like South Korea is a first world fucking economic powerhouse and North Korea is a, a basket case. There's two things that you have to add to that though, which was that the US gave South Korea capital so that they could expand on that trading system. The second one is that they blocked North Korea from trading a lot, whereas in the Byzantine Empire, it was like, you can trade. Mm. That is a profession. It's just looked down upon, and if you get wealthy off of that, you don't have that same status that you would in Venice. In Venice, the ultimate human being was somebody who traded. And it's like, yeah, that was a very... It, it was clearly a superior way of doing things. Uh, in terms of just gaining wealth. The society was a lot grosser, though, than it was in the Byzantine society, where there was, because there was just a concern for their citizens having a decent quality of life. And so they did the same thing of, but we want it, you can trade and that's fine, but we want to make the Byzantine Empire self-sufficient. Mm. That was the aim of the aristocracy. Now getting into this point of what... Two things that was really interesting about it. The first one was that I, I think I'm under no illusions there's always going to be an oligarchy, right? Yeah. And that oligarchy, as Marx would say, is always going to exploit the proletariat. Mm -hmm. Yeah? But there was still a social contract that existed deeply in Byzantine society that the aristocracy owed something back to the state. Now, that's not to say that they didn't avoid taxes and everything, but there was just an idea in their society that, like, everybody had to contribute to the state. i got to be honest, that's very China. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. And they did very well for a thousand years, and the only reason that that stopped is just because there was a particularly weak leader there at the time, and he was part of a monarchy that was just slowly disintegrating and then it met in with the fact that they just completely got the fourth crusade away from attacking the muslims and got them to attack constantinople which is my next point which is that like dude the muslims are right debt is an evil thing they were <laughs> able to damn right it is though right like because these were people that wanted to fight the muslims because they wanted to in their minds win over the souls of people so that when they died, they went to heaven. That was what their model of the world was. That's why they wanted the holy city because that, that was their belief system. But that got completely transposed by you owe Venice this money. So you have to go and attack other Christians and steal all their wealth and we're going to take all of their wealth, which is exactly what they did. And then, this is the really interesting point, up until then, the reason that even the Pope, who didn't really like... Greek Orthodox Christianity, which was their version of it, but he would still, he, he kind of even thought of the idea of crusades really to help the Byzantine Empire out in the first part because he was kind of just like, no, but they're still Christians and they're in a troubled spot, so let's just give them some breathing room. And that was the reason that he started moving them in. Mm. But what happened after that, 
And after the 200 years that followed is that the Byzantines were constantly after that, clearly the weaker of the two after way weaker than the Venetians, begging the Venetians for 200 years, can you help us out? The Ottomans are encroaching on our territory. And every time they'd go, oh, yeah, that's a tragedy. Yeah, we'll think about it. And they never did anything. And the reason they didn't do anything is because trade and money became the new god. God became less and less important. And they thought, nah, the Ottomans are richer, so we'll just continue to trade with them and make them richer. And, oh, now they have Eastern Europe. Ah, well, fuck them. Hmm. Wait, so you're saying that if the Venetians were more godly and they would have helped the Byzantine Empire by repelling the Ottomans, we would still have Constantinople? Yeah, definitely. But it was the fact that money became the new god. That was the first... That was when the medieval world started moving into the quote-unquote Enlightenment era, and now I'm getting enlightened about the Enlightenment era and how they're just saying, like, oh, yeah, we need to go back to Roman principles, which is my new stand-up show about Rome. What they're saying is we want to go back to the Roman Republic where we don't have kings, we have ourselves and this democracy that represents us, the aristocratic class. That's the democracy. The democracy is between us, which is why you see all these think tanks now, like the Koch brothers and everything, what do they always talk about? They talk about the Roman Republic and they talk about the Enlightenment Age. And in the Enlightenment Age, they spent a lot of time trying to make the Byzantine Empire a dirty word. And this is the thing as well, like the fact that they're even called the Byzantines. I'm reading a book at the moment that is, it was the Roman Empire. It was the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire just continued on there. They kept those traditions going. Those Republican institutions, even the concept that you're a citizen... That could have been wiped off the face of the planet. It could. The rest of Europe, a king was essentially a warlord that was just like, I've got the army, you're my fucking subject, you have to pay to me. In Byzantine society, they had that Roman principle still going of, no, you're a citizen and the emperor has certain rights and responsibilities to you and you have certain rights and responsibilities to him and like that concept of a state. They kept that going. Age old lesson, Moses taught us, don't worship the golden calf. Don't worship it. Uh, what can you, I hope that answers your question, whoever was asking what's the favourite book recommendation. We just narrated. That's mine right now. Some really obscure book you won't be able to find. Uh, Telstra killed someone in Melbourne. Okay. <laughs> and then the bottom what? comment of that is, yeah, fuck Telstra. <laughs> uh, right on, man. What is the best Simpsons episode? Ooh. What's your favourite episode? My favourite, actually, I think, is... I think when Marge, they just do that reenactment of Thelma and Louise. I think mm. that from beginning to end, all the jokes in that are gold. One of my favourite jokes of The Simpsons is Homer going, woohoo, two tickets to the ballet. You like the ballet, Homer? Marjorie, please. I enjoy all the meats of our cultural stew. And then it goes into his head of what he thinks ballet is. And it's a bear <laughs> in a fez driving around in a golf cart in the circus. <laughs> That's a. I I rewatched this episode and decided that this was my favorite. It's such a. I think it should be mandated at public schools. Like kids should watch this episode. It's where Mr. Burns runs for governor. Mm. That is such a good commentary on modern politics. That yes, is, it a, is a very yes, very it good. Is. That's the guide. 
Um, you don't need me. You just watch that episode and then <laughs> go back to watching your bloody Mr. Beasts. Uh, Jordy's, if you were Muslim, would you be Sunni or Shiite? <laughs> uh, I would be Sunni purely because you were saying that Sunnis always go, you know why you're called Shiite? Because you're shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a joke. I used to tell <laughs> when we were kids, all of my Shiite uh, friends at school would be like, you're Shiite because you're shit kind. <laughs> and it works. <laughs> and like, Look, it... Made me a convert. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, PewDiePie has retired. What? I don't believe no, that. No, he hasn't. Bullshit. Tell me more. Ali, talk about... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know more. You tell me more, I'm, uh, amorphous crowd. I highly doubt that a man who is like the biggest YouTuber has all of a sudden decided not to do YouTube. Ali, talk about cricket, please. Damn, Australia and Pakistan are playing uh, in Pakistan. And... Uh, in the last 10 days, they've played two test matches and both of them have been draws. <laughs> so, excellent cricket happening. Um, hopefully, the last one is not a draw. I'll say that much. Yeah, that'd sure. be cool, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, that would be if really something cool. didn't boring happen in the most boring game on earth. No offense. Hey, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's not too bad. I mean, I'm, in, I'm, I'm watching it, but... Uh, Someone, some team has to win because it's getting a bit much now. Yeah. Hey, also, any builders out there, can you tell me this? Is a lot of land that is 11 metres wide, it's a long lot of land, it's probably 100 metres long, but it's 11 metres wide. Mm. Can I build a house on that or will that look weird? No, that's like every house in Surrey Hills. I think every house in Surrey Hills is like 5 metres. Well, it's in width, but you've noticed how, like, remember a Dome King's house? That shit was long. You went deep. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it is a thin house. Very, very thin house. But you can certainly do it. You can do it, but if you're not building a terrace next to other terraces, would that look weird? Yo, bro, if you've got money, this is what you do. You get one of them places for whatever money you're getting and you can build essentially infinite basements, but you need a lot of money for that shit. Mm. Like all of those London houses that were just little blocks and were owned by people that have like tens of millions of dollars to spare. They just go really deep down and they've got multiple basements. They've got a whole world there. It's a good example, but it's also... I don't really want to live the same way that people in London live. My concept of English people are those figures in uh, Thomas the Tank Engine, like the fat controller that sort of move like this, and then when they're angry, their eyes go... I think that England, more or less, is a hobby train station. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Isn't that it? Like, when you, have you been to London? It looks like a little hobby version of a city. Mm. It's too old. Oh. <laughs> it's too old. But then why the fuck are you in Sydney, bro? Get out of here. Like, what you're looking for, those big pieces of land, are outside of Sydney, unless you're Malcolm Turnbull, in which case, it's everywhere. <laughs> Where, yeah, wherever true. you look, there's a big piece of land. But, uh, 
here's the other thing. I don't really feel like dying in a bushfire. Yeah, but like you can get a you can get land that's big enough that by the time the fire comes to you, you you're in bunkers. Brisbane. Like it's that long. Yeah, I yeah. went to my brother bought a motorcycle from this guy near Nowra in the south coast, and we drove to his property to pick it up. The property was fucking huge. And you realize you were driving on his property the whole time. Yeah, for a long time we were literally driving on his property, and he set up like these little dunes that he would like take his bike on and stuff. Anyways. And he had like a little tiny house on his property and he had like a couple of dogs. And I was like, this is the perfect place to raise dogs. And he was like, yeah, yeah, this place is pretty big, but they still somehow fucking shit inside their house. <laughs> Which is, is very funny. But you, you need to do something like that. There's still some time. It'll be like a few hours away from Sydney, maybe like in a couple of hours, but you'll be able to get a big piece of land. Otherwise, deal with it, bitch. You're going to hit a narrow <laughs> little terrace. There's no other way. Uh, does anyone else have any suggestions apart from Ali just yelling at me, get over it or move out? No, the stay same, in. The same points that the Telegraph has. AUWU is based in Melbourne. They would annoy him the whole time. Oh, wait. So people are suggesting that move to Queensland or move to uh, Victoria, shit like that. No. Is having a hot middle-aged man key to winning elections and does that m mean Albo is in luck is in lock for PM? We'll talk about that as soon as we get on the main pod. But according I after watching the video with Kevin Rudd, such a good name. What was the six pack premiere? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard yeah, to beat that guy. It really is. He just looks alpha. Go move Greek to Hobart. God. Dude, moving to Hobart would be fucking spectacular. Yeah, but here's my counter-argument to that. I just said I don't want to live in London. Dude, Hobart is not London. <laughs> it's even tinier hobby. Okay, in the hobby train set that is London, you look inside one of the houses and there would be a small hobby train set and that's Hobart. Don't you reckon? Like, it just, again, has that real, fresh in your drink, Governor. That should be their slogan. Yeah. In Hobart. It just feels like, A, it feels like there's a lot of bad juju there, and I'm pretty sure that half the people that I walk past are convict ghosts. <laughs> and B, um, did you know that Hobart isn't even on the mainland of Australia? Why would you want to live there? But I thought you'd like isolation. Not that much. I don't like isolation to the point that I am living on land that is barely habitable by humans. You can make it habitable. I was actually thinking about that. And I'm not even someone like you. Like, I like living in the center of stuff. But I was thinking, you know, with um, Ukraine and shit, uh, Elon Musk opened up these uh, internet satellites Basically, Elon Musk is providing, or SpaceNet, whatever his fucking Space Force. What's what's the name of his company? Yeah, Space Force 7, I'm assuming. Something, whatever his name is, SpaceX. SpaceX. They're like, they've got uh, these satellite internets that you can be anywhere in the world, and you can hook up to it, and it'll be like fucking good internet. And I was thinking, that's almost half of your problems living in like these remote areas. You could literally go in the middle of nowhere, 
and establish like a fucking off the grid house and still be connected to the world. Mm. True. The only problem is when you're old, a lot of people do this when they're old. Um, it's being able to like uh, access uh, hospitals when you're dying, <laughs> which happens often when you're old, as you can imagine. Yeah. But that's, that's a pickle, that one. That's not an issue solve that too, for but. you and us at the moment, but eventually no. it would be. Tell you what is another issue for me though. I really like Asians. And I think there's six of them in Hobart. <laughs> there's like this, this fuckle. And the six of them are having a tough time, I tell you that. <laughs> I went there and my bad juju wasn't like, oh shit, there's convict ghosts. My bad juju was like, I don't think no one, I don't think anyone wants me over here. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized it's more than half of them don't want anyone from mainland. So it's not specific to me. And the other half don't want that, but particularly not me. So Especially you, because you... I even know after being there for two days and I just felt like a local that's been there for 35 years because time stands still there. Even when I looked at you, when you were there with me, I was thinking, exchange student. (laughs) Exchange student. I was actually thinking, I love the attitude that Sydney has towards ethnics, which is, I don't give a fuck about you. Like, I'm... I'm okay with the fact that you exist, but you're not getting preferential treatment or worse treatment. Because when you go down to Melbourne, it seems like the city has a vibe of, for some reason, you also have the the most extreme patriots in Victoria, but the city of Melbourne is like a little too friendly to immigrants. (laughs) And that is also a bit much. I like how many of those Turks with the word Aussie at the bottom do you want? Yeah, <laughs> I like how Sydney more than street names. Sydney's attitude is the best. Like I'm equally annoyed by everyone, including you, bitch. That's Sydney. Move to Somalia. That's a really, really good idea. Thanks for that suggestion, man. I uh, suppose real estate would be cheap there. <laughs> it's it's also very temporary. <laughs> Pirates come and take that shit, even though it's on land. Move to Box Hill. Fuck Box Hill. Do you yeah, remember Box Hill? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Broad Meadows. Like, everyone was just giving like their suburb. Hey, now. stop giving silly suggestions, all right? Ukraine is this. Uh, Ukraine is nice this time of year. Uh, okay, finally move, a non-silly suggestion. Move to Croatia. You could actually move to Croatia. Yeah. At some point in your life. And fit right in with my Australian accent <laughs> and no understanding of the language. You could learn it. It would be easier for you to learn Croatian than it would be any other language. I don't think so. All I ever hear when I hear... Like, dude, if I hear German, I'm just like, is this is this a backpacker speaking English or are you <laughs> speaking your language? I can't tell because it's so similar. It's no just p- instead of pants, you say pants and hoosen, you know? Come to Campbelltown for God's sake. We got uh, wogs and Asians. Shit, that's... <laughs> Twitch is also not allowing that comment, which is funny. Um, <laughs> Campbelltown... Cam- mm, you would be able to get a bigger property in Campbelltown. What you've got in Campbelltown is basically a lot of white trash. I don't think you do. I don't think there is any white trash in Campbelltown anymore. I don't know what happened to white trash... Where did they go? They don't exist in Sydney anymore. Nah, they're, they're in Campbelltown. They're not. I'm sure there's a lot of wogs and Asians, but man, I am telling you, there's a lot of white trash in Campbelltown as well. Still. How do you know? 
Because I live close to Campbelltown. You've seen them with your own two people. With, uh, with my own two eyes. You go to Campbelltown after dark, you're going to see a lot of uh, white youths tatted up doing burnouts and looking very scary. I always thought they were just blow-ins from the North Shore. Okay, <laughs> It's just hard to tell the difference between people from the North Shore and from the Western suburbs these days because they all dress like lads. Yeah. And they all wear Gucci as well. <laughs> That's true. Move to McDonald's Town. Yes, he can buy a huge property in McDonald's Town because it's so cheap there. Anyways, let's start the main part. Yeah. I'm sick of people just sitting there and taking my very serious problems in jest that aren't serious at all. You should be ashamed of yourself, guys. You've lost your privileges this week. We'll bring them back next time at conveniently the time when you're supposed to be talking about them because now's the official pod. Can we keep that in, though? May as well. All right, fine. We'll keep that in. <coughs> okay, welcome to the official pod, despite there being no break. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck breaks. All right, well, look, so everyone wants to talk about the South Australia um, massive upset. What's the, what's the news on that? What have you been hearing? Oh, man, I've done a deep dive into this. I watched two-minute clip on Sky News <laughs> of them saying, this should put shivers up the spine of federal libs. So they didn't even care about the state election. I have no idea what the issues were there. I assume well, it's a good thing that a Greek man that looks like he can lift a car on his head and spin it around as a circus trick, and I assume that's how he won. Uh, won. Mr. Sixpack basically talked about only two issues during his entire uh, election campaign. Damn, one, less issues than packs he has. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one was uh, uh, additional funding to healthcare, and second no was uh, rising cost of living. Uh. These were the two points that he campaigned on. Apparently... This is, this is why Scott Morrison should be very afraid. They did a survey, and it turns out that people in South Australia were twice as likely to vote Labour once they were told that uh, Stephen Marshall is from the same party as Scott Morrison. Can you believe that? This motherfucker's not winning. <laughs> I, think, I think it's safe to say this now. In fact, not only that, there's been like requests from New South Wales... Um, uh, liberal seats for the prime minister to keep a low profile and don't roam around in our electorates. Mm, wise move on their behalf. I've got to say, given the stats, I didn't know it was that bad. Guys, you can probably help me out with this, but Ali, I, I, I'd like your professional opinion on this, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. as is this pod. Welcome to political tea leaf reading, as is virtually every political channel that has to just talk for an hour straight. But... Do you think that the reason Scott Morrison is losing the next election is because he screwed up three major disasters which have uncovered how sinister a Liberal government actually is in their corrosion of government to the point that it is completely inept and cannot respond? Or do you think that people are voting against him because they look at him and think, Bit of a shit I think it's the latter. I don't so think do it's I. like it's the. It, there's no ultimate realization that somehow they've come. It's like we were wrong all this time. They're bad. It's a bad government. I think they've been in power for way too long, and people are like, I don't know if they're doing anything that's too wowy. And plus, Albo on the other hand seems like a moderate, 
who's talking about he's going to govern like Bob Hawke. And so people are comfortable with that. And they're like, yeah, it's time for a change. Mm. But you know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid of the same thing happening as what happened in 2013, 14, where you had uh, 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 Kevin 07 and Gillard. And then Tony Abbott was this opposition monster. I know Josh Frydenberg is supposed to be the next in line, whatever, because he's a treasurer. But I tell you, Peter Dutton mm, could be the be next good. opposition leader. And, and he could take, he could pull off a Stephen Marshall where yeah. he he might come back in three years' time. Especially because the Murdoch press would be barracking for him like they did with Abbott. But I will say this. Isn't at the moment the same media landscape that it was? At the moment, dude. Let let Albo come into power and then you'll see this entire media landscape saying, Travesty has happened. He is ruining the country and he's... Uh, uh, they will. They will. But the Murdoch press doesn't have the exact same monopoly that they did in 2013, which is why you are seeing them trying to put in all things like the media bargaining code and shut us down and just put out all these defamation suits that is all very orchestrated within a small elite bubble but it hasn't <coughs> fully taken hold and if albo wins the next election that will all dissipate so peter dutton's white anting won't be as effective as tony abbott's having said that i think he's smarter than tony abbott and the press and will be pushing just as hard. And let's be real, more let's evil also too. Say, this is what happened. I do think this. I think that if Kevin Rudd stayed in, he probably would have stayed in for three terms. I think it was the fact that they had the back and forth. I think that what really damaged him was putting in Gillard and the Australian public really didn't like her. They did so like Kevin misogynist. Rudd a lot, but she, he also had that dirtiness associated to him of being a backstabber at that point, which just completely tarnished his face of just being a charming, nerdy, hip, at the same time, ironically, guy. Yeah, um, but you know, backstabbing like, happened in the Liberal Party too, where they had, like, Malcolm Turnbull... Tony, they backstabbed Tony Abbott. Yeah, but... They the gave press him fucking one year. The press didn't mention it like they did with this, but the thing is that... And this is what I'm starting to understand. The reason that they always talk about character when it comes to politics is a reason for that. It's effective. As you're even saying with the Scott Morrison thing, people just have the understanding that, no, you're not trustworthy. And if people just get the impression, what I'm always saying on my self-help channel, if people get the impression that you're not trustworthy, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's the that's end of it. Because you look at, the, okay, objectively speaking, do you think the bushfire crisis and uh, uh, Morrison's handling of that was worse than floods? Well, it's just, yeah, it was, but it was just so much more damaging than the floods. It was a lot more damaging, right? The magnitude was much higher. Here's a fucked up stat. So when they asked during the bushfires, how many, what percentage of people thought that Scott Morrison was doing a good job at handling the bushfires? 57% uh, or 55% had an unfavorable view, right? Mm. So they thought that he was doing bad. You That's ask him about the floods, and it's 60% and above. I think he's doing a good job. He's doing a bad job. Bad job. So more than 60% are saying that Scott Morrison is doing a bad job handling floods. 
than he did even the bushfires. Yes. Which is telling me that people have fucking made up their mind now. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, he could do anything he wants. The image that he's putting out there is like, yeah, your time's done, bro. Mm. You are gone. And Alboy doesn't help, on the other hand, is like, just fucking this handsome man who's losing. Dude, if you check this out, this is really, really funny. You know, ever since Alboy lost, whatever, 18 kilos, there's a lot of these, like, diet pill scam ads that are putting up his face. And, dude, it's fucking funny. I'm going to read some of these to you, right? Because they are so, so good. It's just interesting. Oh, I couldn't deal with anything that was happening in my life until I started taking these pills. 18 kilos. Play on. I am very interested to hear how Albo lost that weight, and I'm sure that this obvious marketing ploy is as genuine as Scott Morrison. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for this. Give me a second. Uh, slim down. Yeah, yeah. These are the one. Okay, yeah. okay. Slim down. Anthony Albanese finds himself uh, finds himself at the center of weight loss medicine advertising scam. So some of these. Uh, he's just like his face in front of like this little weird wax thing. One teaspoon in is enough for you, and you will lose forty four pounds. Isn't that weird that he's a Jenny Craig model now? Yeah, yeah. but some of them are even better. Okay, it's so good. Uh, Prime Minister slash Slim Shake enthusiast. <laughs> this is one of the ads. Good morning, everyone. My name is Anthony Albanese, and I am the leader of the Australian Labour Party. I so weighed 115 kilos. That's 40 more than my ideal weight for someone my height. Thankfully, this nightmare is now in the past. Nightmare! As I, as I was able to lose weight with a method unknown, and perhaps the message will be deleted soon. The new method represents... A real breakthrough in nutrition. Many nutritionists nutritionists are desperate to hide this method. Disclosing it would be very harmful for them. I spend a lot of time and money tormenting myself with my diets. They've made an entire story about how this was too much for him to handle. With personal trainers, I always loved to eat food. So since childhood, most I enjoyed eating junk food while sitting in front of the TV. My wife did not like this attitude, although she never scolded me. But over time, my body has began to grow rapidly, especially in my abdominal area. <laughs> I don't. I didn't even realize the incredible weight gain. Wow, Albo, what an endorsement! How to feel? Uh, how to lose forty kilos? Fuck, there was another one that I would find. Anyways, but like, I think. Do you think you'd be pissed off if you were Albo if all these scams were like my relationship was terrible before? Um, no. I think that that's exactly why he lost weight. That's my little conspiracy theory because it's he really understands how these people think a lot better than I originally gave him credit for, which is, you know, like I've got to say now that I uh, think back on it, pretty presumptuous of myself. Just say this man that has been in Canberra for 18 years and hangs around these people daily just doesn't get it. Mm. But. <laughs> too far off from the reality. Yeah, he's off the mark. <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't he get that he can't win, so why even try? You're an idiot, Albo. But he has figured out that if you lose weight, the press is so vacuous that all they're going to talk about is the fact that you're no longer a boombalada. 
I think you know what the what the Australian public appreciates in that. I don't think he had it had anything to do with his election campaign. I just thought that he decided to lose weight or whatever. But they the public appreciates the fact that you put in an effort. Is <laughs> that what they that, say? That, yeah, he had a go. Yeah, he, he had a go and he's doing it. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about those old Jenny Craig ads, every time I looked at Margaret and she had that beaming face on, this used to be my pants. Now I, I use them as a sleeping bag, just one part. <laughs> I think, well, Margaret, yeah, that's what you do. You know, you start footy and it changes your life. I you think know. that you're right. I My initial thought is, yeah, now that's effort, putting one in for the country. Your initial thought was that people are going to hate him because he lost weight. Like, couldn't you stay fat for another few months? That's my initial thought about Albo. Yeah. And I liked Albo when he was fatter. Now that I look at him these days, he's got that strange look that a lot of people that used to be fat have of just having this long circular head and this lollipop body. Um, So I'm not particularly a fan of it. But, you know, dude, like, I've just realised this. I don't know what 25 million people are thinking. And you you know what I know for a fact as well? Neither do you. I don't think... You especially don't know. I don't think anyone does, except for maybe Murdoch. I think he gets it. No, I reckon that uh, Isaac Butterfield's co-host, Bluey, Knows what twenty five million Australians are thinking. Yeah, he's For fuck's sake. He's named Blue. <laughs> he is twenty five million Australians. <laughs> Just in what? Have you checked this out? Apparently, uh, all your mates from Lismore that gave you COVID are now in front of Scott Morrison's house, dumping their rubbish in front of his place. Yeah, saying clean it up. Wow! Look at all those pissed off hippies. Five, <laughs> five, five, angry. Pissed- Angry Bohemians. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they bought like new stuff to put it. Like, yeah, who's gonna carry it all the way from Lismore? We'll just get it. We'll just get it from the dollar what shop. Gum tree. What are they? What have they got here? They've got like Elmo. Yeah, look, that Elmo looks fine. It's a little water damaged, but you just put that out on the clothesline. They didn't take much, did they? No. Nah, now that I'm looking at it, it's just like, do you guys own a Ford Fiesta? How do you it's symbolic. One it's not substantive. It's symbolic. You can still be substantive and hire a ute. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think this is going to have any impact on climate change, them dumping rubbish in front of his house? Well, if uh, it's anything to go by the good people at Lad Bible. (laughs) God, you read some quality publications, Ali. (laughs) Damn right. Getting the big stories, you know. Right next to... Flood victims with fat dogs. Going the opposite of Alba. There we go. <laughs> Jesus. Look at that German shepherd. Oh, my God. That's huge. He's had a few Brotwells and hasn't he? He needed a natural disaster yeah, to shake him run up. away from something or swimming. <laughs> Jesus. That flood extended that dog's life. But this is like a... I remember the when, uh, when I was growing up in Pakistan, uh, they used to do the same strategy. There was this guy who initially was this secretive man who would uh, 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 fix potholes and spray paint on them saying, uh, chief minister, fix it, hashtag. That was just his thing. He would go around. And then eventually what he started to do was he would get a massive um, sort of tractor 
and he would pick up all the rubbish and he would take it into the CM house, the chief minister's house, and dump it in front of the house and then clean it up. And that was really popular, but the CM was pissed off because every morning the pile of garbage would keep increasing. Then someone came and cleaned it up and they would keep dumping rubbish in front of his house. But anyways, the effect of that was he started taking the cleaning of the city a bit more seriously. Hmm? Because you can imagine, like... I suppose it's on his mind all the time. Yeah, it's, on his, it's in front of his eyes every time, too. I mean, look. They've really exploited the basic human trait and then magnified it because obviously the press are going to take photos of it because it's more or less a YouTube prank. Mm. You've used a YouTube prank and basic psychology, which is... Ball in front of eyes. I want ball. <laughs> yes, that is true. Um, I was going to talk about a few other things. Have you checked out? There's this massive development right. in global affairs and not Ukraine. Right, right, right. Pakistan and India hate each other. It's <laughs> just latest news. <laughs> it is getting, uh, it's getting very... Actually, dude, Imran Thanks Khan, Imran Khan, he might be out of the door. I'm sad to hear that. Are you? I know you're not. I know you're very gleeful about I'm not it. For gleeful no reason either, because you're not going to like the next guy either. They're, go- uh, <laughs> they're doing like a vote of no confidence against him. And uh, most of his, a lot of even his party members are switching sides. Why? Uh, because he, uh, you know what he did? Most of this issue started off. So the biggest province in Pakistan in terms of population is this province of Punjab. And so everyone. It's, it's kind of like um, the treasurer's position here. Whoever is the chief minister of Punjab will eventually end up becoming the prime minister. Mm. So he was the prime minister when he came into power, but all of his subordinates were just like, make me the chief minister of Punjab. Because that just means when you're gone, I'm going to be the guy who gets the top job. And to minimize this, he basically got like, a really redundant backbencher that no one knew about or cared and made him the chief minister. How does that neutralize the problem? Well, it's spiting everyone. It, it spited everyone to the point where they're like, yeah, we're fucking off. We're leaving you. Who's this random guy who has the top job? I'll tell you who he is. The next prime minister. <laughs> the next <laughs> one, he's not going to be that. He's not even going to stay the chief minister. of. But anyways, that wasn't the main thing. The, the main thing is... You know how, like, um, U.S. had this defense pact with Saudi Arabia? Yes. One of the things that they uh, guaranteed was that Saudi oil is always going to be pegged to the U.S. dollar, and they'll be sold in U.S. dollars. And Saudi Arabia and uh, U.S. are having some very uh, turbulent times where Saudi Arabia is now saying that we're going to deal it, we're going to deal our oil in yuans, which is the Chinese currency. Man, now that's putting garbage in front of the prime minister's house <laughs> on an international scale, dude. They're not even—they're not even picking up Biden's calls. <laughs> Biden was calling them to basically increase the supply of oil so that oil prices go down, and they're not picking up his phone calls. It does show who the real power holder is. Yeah, this is this is I think it's the guy that forces the president of the United States to kiss him on the lips. <laughs> <laughs> what is that all about? the president has to pretend to really be into it too. I thought you got stoned to death if you were gay there. What, 
what is this kissing men on the lips? Yeah, yeah it's. <laughs> I've never had that inclination in my life. Even at like dance parties, you just get like these men that are dancing each other. They're grinding, but it's just a sausage fest. It's horrible. What? It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. What is? Why is there very little difference between one of the most conservative Muslim countries on earth and a German grind house? <sighs> I don't know. They're just into that. It's. I think it's just also really segregated, but so they have no options but to have uh, sex with men. Okay, so it's just the old. It's um, being in the navy, but you're a country, and you never dock. Mm. So you never get to go see prostitutes. Yeah, but uh, start grinding up against men after a while. Fair enough. But Americans are pissed off at Saudi for doing this shit. They're like, "You well, motherfucker, too, yeah. we've, you should have, you should have your king always at the phone in case Biden calls. Just like always have his hand on the phone yeah. and pick up. Like, sorry, oh, sorry, it was a wrong, uh, a wrong number. Or no worries, no worries. Well, we're here just in case you need us. But instead, they're they're really fucking with them, and all because of. Uh, do you remember that Jamal Khashoggi guy who was killed at a Saudi embassy in Turkey? Yeah, they're, they're pissed off about that. So the US and everyone, because, you know, people like us. Surely they're not. Okay, go on. But I, that can't be the reason. Yeah. It is. It is, believe it or not. It's that and also trying to sign a deal with Iran and not helping uh, Saudi Arabia kill Yemen, Yemeni people. Oh, okay. So, But that's just a minor play, 95% of it. You know, 95% they're angry that a guy died. Yeah, well, it's because of people like us, because we've been putting pressure on our governments and the US governments to, like, not support Saudi Arabia. And so recently that's been happening because America became oil sufficient and they started fucking with Saudi Arabia and now Saudi Arabia is doing a, a little um, payback time. And so we'll see how that shit happens. But what I'm saying is you could potentially have the largest oil producer and the second largest oil producer in the same camp against us, which seems very, very interesting because we import most of our oil. Wow. All of these huge, massive events happening. It was really strange thinking about that. Things on the other side of the globe. And then you're driving down the street and being like, what the fuck? $2.20 a litre? Yeah. Dude, I feel I gas is going... Petrol is... Believe it or not, it's crazy. I Thank you for your analysis, yeah. finally. I thought I was crazy. I tried to fill up my car today... And, and it I cost put in eighty dollars, a hundred dollars, and it still wasn't full. Oh shit! And after a hundred, I was like, "I'm not spending more than a hundred dollars on fucking petrol. It's okay." Hang on a second, though. I just remember you do have the truck from Mad Max Four. <laughs> well, that was very bad timing. If someone what had told me why? that Ukraine is going to get invaded, I tell you what, I would have gotten a hybrid. Would have gotten a hybrid truck. <laughs> And you know what else is about? It's like, I don't think you're joking with that as the case. If we, if you had a crystal ball, we'd see you in a Prius. They're expensive too. Part of the reason why I didn't <laughs> get an electric car was because they're more expensive than a lot of these gas guzzlers. We, electric cars are still too expensive for normal people. Like maybe in five, six years, we'll be able to get a car. And also, 
You've heard about, you know, range anxiety, right? Range anxiety. Yeah, range anxiety. Well, clearly by my response, yes. It's a it's a thing. It's when you get an electric car and you're always pissing, you're always like scared that you're going to run out of your range before you can go to like a, uh, a fucking, you can come back to your house and fill it up with more electricity. Well, what happens in the interim? Can you call in RMA and then they just... They can't do shit about it. They'll have to tow it to the nearest electric... uh, What what are they called? The electric pumps or whatever? Yeah, let's just go with that. Because there are... Electric Bowser. As as long as you're not driving too far away and you're just like sort of going from like your house to office and office and coming back, then an electric car is fine. Otherwise, it's very, very concerning that you've got two, two kilometers left when you've got like 30 more to go. Mm, yeah, that is a real concern, isn't it? I have to say, Ali, that might be one of the wimpiest problems I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> That's a thing. A man with a scarf going, oh, God, it's on low charge. <laughs> you think it's a joke, yeah, but it's you, real. You, you know, like you're doing pretty good. People have right? sold their electric cars for that reason. Well, because they're, they're scared of it running out of charge, even though it hasn't. Yeah. One day they might want to go to Coffs Harbour and who knows where the next Bowser is. Oh, that's right. They've got a GPS there that tells you exactly where it is. Which but might still, be which might what be if you go out of range for that? Hey, you get an electric car and try going different places. You're going to face this problem. But one more thing. So coming back to Morrison... Apparently, in his new, uh, he's signaling these new budget measures where he's going to counter the soaring petrol prices and cost of living. The question is, would that help him potentially win? No. These are always just little poll spikes. This is what really astounds me about the budget. Why do they throw out all this middle class welfare, every budget? And think that that's going to be permanent and people are going to remember. Uh, no, remember when we got off that fuel excise and saved you five cents. So instead of being two twenty-five, it was $2.20. You owe me your vote. <laughs> no. Your face is annoying to look at. And I look at that. If it's the same thing. I'm looking at your face every day and you're smug despite the fact that you were clearly a loser at school. <laughs> Do you think he was a loser at school? Yes, he factually was. Remember you know this? that. Oh. You remember this? I was talking about this once in one of my videos, if you ever watched them, Ali. But there was one point <laughs> where they were talking about how he was going back to his school reunion and there was a petition that circulated against grown men that had hundreds of signatures on it begging Scott Morrison to not return to their high school reunion. <laughs> and this was before he was Prime Minister too. This was before no one even knew who he was except for the people at school. They were just like, I don't want to see that man's face again. Damn, that's a... And now we have to see it every day on the news. That's a tough one to counter when just people don't want to see your face. Yeah. What should he what do? What do you do about it? Look, this is the only thing you can do, Scott Morrison. You can get so much plastic surgery that you look like Cardi B. That's <laughs> that your only electoral win. <laughs> that That's work. the play you've got here. Hey, you've got to defend your mate. And I can say this now. Kevin Rudd is getting cancelled. Oh, what did he do this time? He's so problematic. He called Clive Palmer uh, Fat Clive. 
You're not getting cancelled for that, is he? Yeah. The Daily Mail is very pissed off. <laughs> Kevin Rudd is slammed for addressing Clive Palmer with nickname Fat with XPM's own words about insults in politics thrown back in his face. Well, that was very informative. That was an ad. Um, let's just see this. Well, basically, he was uh, he was with a six-pack Hulk, and he talked about Clive, and he said, Fat Clive, I think you're having a bad influence on this man. <laughs> I think if you... Yeah, he's just realised, hey, I'm on YouTube now. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. All right, <laughs> see you next week, guys. <laughs> I think, yeah, that is definitely part of it. Ben Fordham is very upset as well. Mr. Rudd, have a look in the mirror. Well, Ben, why don't you have a look in the mirror, mate? <laughs> Why don't you have a look in the mirror and realise that your head uh, resembles those blockhead characters in Gumby quite a lot and that you have about the same brains? Cue that little sound effect that happens every two minutes on Talkback Radio of them going... Now, in Emu Plains, there's been some upset about an extension in the highway. I mean, what world do we live in where you are given ample notice and you read it uh, but, like, I think that they could have given even more ample notice, frankly. I don't know that much about it. It's so weird, that format. Sorry, I got away from the point. He's right. Clive's fat. What are you talking about? Shut up. Well, no, he definitely is, but it, the question is, it is, a, is it appropriate? Have you heard? Have you been following this? Because I really don't know about it, and I want to I don't know. I want to know if you... What's up with this whole thing of the Labour... Penny Wong and Christina Keneally being called mean girls. Oh. What's happening with that? Don't you know about that? There was a senator, because I, I don't know about it either, but I'm going to talk about it like I'm an expert. Mm -hmm. There's a senator whose name escapes me because I just saw it and thought distraction and then moved on with my much more relevant studies into Australian politics, which is looking at the Byzantine's economy. But I... Uh, it was about... This is how exploitative the press is. Can't even remember her name. This is pathetic. This is my job to. Oh, know is this the one that uh, committed suicide? Yes. Shit, that she killed herself, and now because of Penny Wong. No, this is what the press is constructing. It's so sinister and evil. This is what happened in their mind. Oh, okay. This is a women's issue campaign because the Liberal Party headquarters is a rape dungeon. Um, okay. What have we got on the Labour Party? I think oh, I might have to censor themselves. that. Uh, it, it is, well, you know, you can censor the truth if you want to. <laughs> um, you. Oh, wait, wait, correction. We should probably take that. She had a heart attack. She, she didn't commit suicide. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently. Well, well see, wasn't is, it a heart attack? Wasn't it a heart attack? It, but I just glean this from the headlines. They are exploiting someone's death and making that kind of a women's issue that there's a bunch of mean girls in Canberra that made her life difficult and kind of aided the death somehow. That's all you see Albo getting slammed with when he's on the Today Show, when he's on 2GB. They're all repeating that talking point. These, th there is uh, bullying in Canberra based off of what? The fact that someone died, not even from committing suicide, apparently. This is breaking news to mm. us. Yeah, I thought... This. It's just so 
psychopathic. Zader fifteen says they were shunning her because she was leaking labor secret. Well, look, she's unfortunately passed away, so let's not. I just think that, like, look, even if that's the case, even if the press is one hundred percent correct, which I can guarantee you this, they aren't. See every video I've ever done. Isn't it remarkable that they want to turn that? into an election issue. They're so out of ideas well, that they're just like, okay, let's exploit someone's death. Dude, think of it from their perspective. They got, they nothing, got nothing else, bro. Yeah, all right. That's they got to do something. But at the same time, lower like, than your I petrol thought tank, if, if, if she did have a heart attack, that is fucked that they're using a heart attack. What, like they're going to blame Shane Warren's death on elbow too? Like what's... Seems it. About the, the same way, connection. By the way, I know it's old story, but devastated about Shane Warne passing oh, away. Oh, rest in peace. A great, Lordy. great man. I would have done There's a two proper tragedies the last eulogy. Week. One was I was sick. The second <laughs> one is, dude, a, that man was Australia embodied, and Australia feels less Australian without that man. Man, I was, I was, do you know, I was genuinely upset for maybe six hours. Me too. Six hours were ruined because I kept thinking, damn. He's no more. It's kind of like when Bowie died and you thought, that is a piece of culture that's gone. I actually didn't care about that that much because I'm not a yeah, music person. I mean, yeah, I'm not a music person. I wasn't a fan of his music. But it's just that thought of somebody coming up and being like, hey, I'm dressing like a woman. And it's like, yeah, well, I guess that was edgy in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember like Shane Warren dying was the same as Robin Williams dying for me. I was upset That's a very for multiple hours when Robin Williams died, and I was upset for multiple hours when Shane Warren died. Doesn't it just feel like he's not dead? It's sort of like Michael Jackson. You think, nah, come on, he's he's faking it. <laughs> yeah, he's just having a long sleep. Because he was he was he was young too. But do you know? Apparently, do you know what killed him? I don't know. Again, I don't know what killed him. I think we all know what killed him. What what killed him? Thailand in one of his houses. Come on. <laughs> no, but it wasn't that. The police couldn't find anything of that sort. Apparently, <sighs> what what killed him or what some of the doctors were saying, 14 or 10 days prior to his death, he was on this extreme liquid diet. He was losing weight. And so doctors are saying like, yo, don't go on these like extreme fad diets all the time because like whatever you do, do it slowly. Maybe. Maybe. But he was fit, bro. He, he, okay, look, I understand how he gave a packet of cigarettes to the umpire before bowling, and that may have contributed to it a little <laughs> bit, but he was 52. He didn't have any serious issues. He was relative. Dude, he was more fit than what he was when he was playing. Yeah. Which all adds to the thing that I'm tiptoeing around. Come on, guys. What is it? What are you tiptoeing around? I don't know what you're trying to it say. It has to be drugs. No, but there weren't drugs there. 
Yeah, but that's what Thailand police say that would say that if you slipped them 20 bucks. No, bro. His, Thailand police would not do that. If they found anything, they would have gone and they would have arrested his mates. They would have made a big deal about it. Chappelle Corby, even though was not in Thailand, but, you know, similar shit would have happened. That was political, man. I think he just had a heart attack. Like, he was at home. He probably were drinking and stuff. But... He was apparently complaining about having chest pains even before, like with his to his friends and stuff. Guys, am I crazy? Am I a complete conspiracy theorist, or do you think that that's the case? Just let me know. I don't think I, that's the case. So you honestly, because it just every time a celebrity dies at a young age, they always say something along the lines of exactly that. Oh, it was diet pills. Uh, it was this medication that he was taking. Conspiracy. People are like, ah, look, he's he's passed away. There's no Viagra. I'm thinking, fuck off. He was with his friends. He was with his boys. Why would he be popping Viagra? <laughs> so with the manager of Carlton no Footy Club. And no understanding yeah. of Look, I know. It's been, it's been a while, but like, dude, I'm telling you, they're saying it was the liquid diet, which yeah. is a lesson for all of us. And let's be honest, I know absolutely... Nothing about it. Uh, and so, his favorite drink was vodka and Red Bull. Uh, should we stop having it then? I think we should. Particularly once we hit 52, we should definitely stop having it. All right. Well, let's see if we keep to that next week. <laughs> We're not going to, are we? Ali doesn't die at 52. People are saying I, I, Ali doesn't pop Viagra when he's doing the pod. Yeah. What for? <laughs> He just wants to look like he's happy to see me and miss him. <laughs> I'm very happy to see you. Anyways, well, uh, Shane warns Dad. I would have done like a proper thing, but it's too old and it's too... Yeah, but it is. I don't know. When I think about Australia, I think about Uluru, the big banana, and Shane Warne's face. Yeah. He and was... now we got nothing. Who's the next Australian icon? Maybe Spanion's right. Maybe it is just him. <laughs> Spanian is the next I guess so like, uh, Who else is an icon Well you've got Steve Irvin's dead He's dead He's gone Chopper's gone Who's Nick Kelly's gone as well Did you know that <laughs> Nick Kelly's been gone Farlap <laughs> And I'm pretty sure Nick Kelly became an icon After he died So That wouldn't have worked I don't know man Who is the next I don't, Maybe Russell Crowe Or someone For the international audience Paul Hogan, when he dies, that'll Dude, be a Paul bit Hogan. sad, but it's not Shane Warne. He couldn't spin bowl. Most Australians don't like Paul Hogan, so mm -hmm. I don't know if that's going to become an issue. Maybe, well, Eddie, the guy who hosted Millionaire, Hot Seat Millionaire? Nah, I think a lot of people are going to be glad about that. Just on the record, I am not going to be because I like... Uh, I, I, I really like... Fat fucks sitting around commenting about sport. Mm. I'm a big fan of it. Lee. That's, again, the other thing. The big tragedy about Shane Warne's life. When there's all these headlines that say he lived a near-perfect life, it's true. The problem with him was the thing that killed him. He got thin again, and so he had that large head in relation to his... <laughs> That's not what killed him, but, like... No, I'm just saying that that was the near. If he was still kind of chubby, I'd be like, yeah, like... Big Kev dying fat. I don't know. It just fits Australia to have fat celebrities. There, I said it. Mm. 
What what if Lee Sales is the new Australian icon? Do you think anyone will notice? If she died, yeah. <laughs> the ABC would notice. Yeah, but anyone normal, right? Like, you know, you know for a fact that Sophie Monk hasn't left her house yet. She's still crying in bed about Shane Ward dying. Dude, I was that guy. Like, I well, was supposed to go to a party that night and I didn't go. Out of grief. Well, maybe not out of grief. Maybe because, like, didn't I just didn't want to go to the party. But, like, <laughs> that became an ex- excuse. It became a good excuse. Like, I can't handle and it. And Aussies would be like, yeah, fair enough, mate. Like, it actually is in poor taste that we're even having this party. All right, shut it down. Shut yeah, it down. I was a massive, massive fan. I remember well, how... you know what? I'd imagine that people in Pakistan are probably more distraught about Shane Warne's death than we are. Dude, internationally, people in Pakistan were definitely very, very sad. Were your friends? Dude, the same day Shane Warne died... 55 people died in a bombing and no one cared about the bombing. Well, that's every day, so well, used to it. Okay, there might be some truth to that, but <laughs> just putting it out there. That, that was None of those people were Shane Warren. <laughs> None of those people were Shane Warren. But so people in Pakistan... Okay, what about this? Here's the real test. Dawn, for everybody's edification, is a mainstream newspaper in Pakistan that is like if Junkie was the Sydney Morning Herald. It's really SJW and Lane. Yeah, look, what did they think about their Shane media Moore? section, which is run by one of my old friends, is very SJW. But generally speaking, yeah, look, they're, they're like the ABC or something. Yeah, I hate that paper so much. <laughs> and no, Dawn, such a wanky No name. one was shitting on Shane Warren. No one was like, ah, finally, he's dead. Everyone was very sad about it. Good, good. That shows that they're a better society than we are. Don't no one was, was shitting on Shane Warren yeah, they here. they were. Who were? Oh. Guys, in the feed, you know some hipsters that Actually, were making Shane Warren jokes and you thought, nah, too soon. You're right, you're right. And I need to bring this up. I was pissed off. A lot of, in uh, on my Instagram, actually, one of the people that listens to this, uh, who was, he's on Instagram, and her story was really aggressively shitting on Shane Warren when he was dying. And I was just shit. Yeah. I wanted to cancel her. <laughs> what we were saying before, yeah, you could laugh at death, except warnings. Yeah, except but warnings. But I don't know, it's just, at some point you become a myth. Mm. It's really weird. You're kind of celebrating the death of Australian Hercules. What? What have you got against Hercules? Yeah, they're doing a... He could play footy and cricket. Mm, yeah, could you? There, Shane Warne's funeral was like either today or yesterday, which I never understood. He's been, he passed away like, what, three, four weeks ago? How is his body still like, was it constantly in a cold storm? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I, that was just a logistical question that I had. How does... Embalmed probably, hey. Because in like for Muslims, that is considered to be bad. Like as soon as someone dies, our thing is bury them like, as quickly as possible. The longer yeah, you wait, you the worse. you didn't know how to keep people like mummies. Yes, true. We couldn't refrigerate them and shit. Not even refrigerate. Can't you just do things to a body of stuffing with sawdust and just look normal? Look, I would not be opposed to this. In fact, I want to get a petition going. We should embalm him like the Russians embalmed Lenin. Lenin, And he should yeah. be in a glass case that you go around and cry and mourn and look at. It should be an excursion. You should go there and one little hand should be hanging out 
of it with his like little cricketer match ring and you should kiss that. That's what should happen to that man. A state funeral is too small. That is that's that's pretty okay. So would would you be let's say you were as famous as Shane Warren before you died, we asked you, would you be cool with that? Would you would you? What? Just being mummified and as a wax little thing and I don't know, outside a parliament house near that Aboriginal embassy or something and people came to you to pay their respects or would you rather be buried? No, no. Stuff me like I'm a little taxidermy rat. Do that. Some little prize trophy. Why don't we do that shit? Why don't we do it with like other people? I don't know. Food for thought. I suppose it is a really creepy thought just putting yourself in a museum. <laughs> it is creepy. If you okay, so there's this new TikTok trend which is making rounds. All right, some cool. guy, my favorite subject. Some time, some time traveler, some guy pretending to be a time traveler, or maybe he is a time traveler. We Who don't knows? know. He said that he's from 2743, and he's making a lot of predictions. Well, not predictions. Well, for him, it's just fact because he knows. Mm. He's saying in the year 2022, they will be the first sighting of Bigfoot. All right. Which, cool. which tells you that maybe this is, this is not credible. But um, <laughs> So you were on the fence about it before that. Maybe he is from 700 yeah, years he's, in the future. He's saying that the uh, England football team is going to win the World Cup this year. Which is making. I don't know if that's supposed to be a joke or not, uh, but I'm just going to nervously titter. <laughs> yeah, sport. On August 29, five people will receive superpowers. Yeah, but what are the superpowers? Because it's just like, he can bench 200 pounds. Well, I guess a lot of people can't do that, so. And he's saying that he'll continue to reveal truth as time progresses. And also the reason why he uh, he's here in the first place. And this is a TikTok trend, or is this just a guy that went a little more viral than he was supposed to. I think it's a trend. <laughs> I mean, so everyone's just saying they're from the future. No, 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 no. Trend in the sense everyone's talking about this particular guy because he hasn't oh, revealed his identity. Yeah, it's trending. Yes. He hasn't revealed his identity or anything. But th this is my issue. He's from 2743, the year 2743. And right. he knows who wins the World Cup in 2022. Mm. That's like us. Imagine like we go back to like I don't know, 1526. And instead of saying like, yo, yo, there's going to be Treaty of Westphalia. There's going to be wars. Uh, communism is going to come over. Hitler is eventually going to come. We're like, oh yeah, this year, this obscure team is going to win uh, a very small competition that no one cares about. I mean, that's what they did in Back to the Future. But they made money off of it. That's what I'm saying. I think that we should put a thousand on England, right? I don't know, man. He's also saying Bigfoot's going to be sighted in Northern California. I think we'll put that money on that. That investment is not safe. Um, yeah. Look, you can believe what you want, but I think that he's from the future, and I am actually going to put some money on it. As a look, at some point, when you get enough disposable income, you have three baskets. You have investments that are a long shot you have safe investments and then you have joke investments mm. put it in the safe investment that one obviously but i'm saying that joke investments exist joke investments certainly exist and uh, i know that you've done them before in the past nfts are a joke investment isn't it weird 
it's so strange that we live in a country or like a, a, an age where a currency is a joke. Yes, the US dollar. Yes. <laughs> now that's what we call, uh, you know, biting. You biting, know, biting. Biting satire. Biting. <laughs> all right, so if you, uh, there's this, in other news, do you know how all mining projects and all of these now have to go through um, a environmental analysis before they're approved? Well, they've always had to do that. But. Yeah, but now it's more concrete. But one of the things... Well, this is news to me. Look, what I'm saying is, uh, what's the, uh, the, the Environment Protection Biodiversity Act has a clause that before uh, doing any of this, you have to do an environmental check. However... They put in another clause within that act, which the Liberal government is now utilizing, saying that in certain instances, the federal government can uh, allow mining uh, projects to be set up without these checks. And the Morrison government has already talked about how they're going to uh, okay 10 new projects without doing any environmental uh, checks before it. I'm going to see exactly how many they are. Federal Environment Minister Susan Lee and Resources Minister Keith Pitt said that March budget would include $62.3 million to establish these plans on 10 priority areas, emphasizing that this could speed up approval for mining developments. So basically, Why it doesn't... the Environment Minister saying that? Well, because she is, I suppose, a concerned party over here? Yeah, but she's supposed to be concerned... Well, she's not because there. She's certainly not concerned about kids. Did you hear the high court ruling which recently came out, where they said that um, the environment minister should have a duty of care towards children that will be impacted by climate change? And basically, the court said that no, she doesn't. She doesn't have any. She doesn't have a duty of care towards children. Man, I could say a lot about that. But I will bite my tongue. Why would you bite your tongue? The system, man. The system. Well, for, yeah, you can just read the news at the moment. But. <sighs> okay, can I ask you a question? It's, it's just like, God, you know what? The law has nothing to do with justice, does it? Nothing. <sighs> I made two huge calls today, didn't I? <laughs> Trade is nothing but a lie. Deceased. And law is the exact opposite of justice. Look, that's a whole debate on its on itself. But okay, let me play devil's advocate. And I was thinking about this from mm. from like a legal standpoint. No, no, from not from a legal standpoint. From a political standpoint, there's this idea that like if we stop funding coal mines, then floods and bushfires are going to cease to exist. Whereas the problem of floods and bushfires are a lot bigger than us. There's a lot of other countries that also have to do it. So why should we give up our pound of flesh? I suppose that's a very Murdoch point, but because, you know, we sell a lot of coal and shit. Well, I'll tell you why. There's a book, Superpower Kids. I highly recommend that you read it. But it is saying that if we... You don't even have to give it up, but if you move to renewable energy, then you bring back a bunch of industries like processing iron ore and aluminium and ammonia because it all of a sudden becomes cheaper to process it here than it does in China, which mm. 
and I can't remember the exact amount, but even if you got a portion, uh, we're not even talking about the bulk of it, but a portion of the iron and aluminium that we currently export to China and processed it here, it would well outweigh our total exports in gas and coal. That's pretty crazy. That's why. But, you know, like, uh, the reason why I asked this is because one of the right-wing point of views after this whole Ukraine crisis was that part of the reason why Russia can't be um, submitted to withdrawal is because the last 15 years, every advocate has been talking about moving away from coal to gas for electricity. And that puts Russia in a position of power because they are supplying gas. If Europe was still making electricity from coal, then they would be able to put more sanctions on Russia because they aren't so energy dependent on them. And? So the point, the right-wing point of view is by advocating for moving away from coal, you're putting yourself in a disadvantageous position and putting all the other authoritarian countries in a position of power because they ain't stopping. Mm. So they're self-dependent, whereas we're dependent on them. What do you say to that? Uh, petrol prices are too high. <laughs> I don't know, man. It just... Of course, a guy wearing a green shirt says this. I don't even know what we're talking about, Gash. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's so silly. I just don't even understand the argument for why you're continuing with gas when you can just completely jump it. You don't need it. Well, a lot of see a lot of people seem to believe that it is a transition uh, fuel. Yes, but they believe that because there is a lot of money pumped into making that argument, which makes no sense. If you all you have to do is just look up some stats of oh, solar and wind are cheaper to produce than gas, and what about all the birds that killed get killed? Well, you know, that is a huge concern of mine. And now that you've brought that up, yeah, let's just keep pumping gas. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Dude, uh, I would I'm say sure the odds gas of wells bird... don't destroy ecosystems. Yeah, and I also say, like, if a bird manages to find this windmill and is precisely going through it when the blade is coming and chops its head in half, chops it, chops it in half, I reckon it's fucking dharmic that that bird's dead. <laughs> like, yeah, it was supposed to happen. There was a lot of stuff that, that could have gone wrong to, to stop this, but like the fact that it happened, I think it's the will of God. Have you seen that ad that was funded by, I think, BP from years ago? That was just like, it was, it was amazing. It was a shot of wind turbines and going, wind turbines, a source of energy for the future, right? It's going to be a bald eagle free future and a bald eagle just goes <laughs> just snaps its neck and then effective. it just comes out just big like effective. so so effective <laughs> all right there was one more thing that i wanted to talk about do you want to talk about your mark stuff or do you want to leave it for the up late i want to leave it for the up late because uh i think that the best way to honor karl marx's theory is to turn it into a commodity so we'll see you then. Well, the theory itself turned into a commodity. Yeah, let's commoditize Marxian theory. So if you want to listen to us Wait, talk about a subject that, let's be honest, I don't know that much about. Ali does. So, yeah, there you go. You, look, 
just sign up. Should sign we, up to should the we call Miss Love? You won't regret it. Everybody is a huge fan of the Up Late podcast because that's where the big ideas are discussed, such as cock sizes, flipping out our cocks because we're not getting filmed. Uh, and sometimes, you know, we talk about the high ideas, more uh, Daily Mail articles that Ali read that week. <laughs> People are saying, uh, Jordan, just suck it up and accept nuclear power. Everything will be fine. No, I'm not accepting it because you haven't given me a reason other than, huh, I'm going to be smug and say uh, that uh, it doesn't kill people because that's the funding. Dude, you know what you're saying with those talking points that you're going like, it kills the least amount of people. Uh, you're an idiot. Uh, it's like, dude, that is the bird going into the wind turbine argument. Okay. That's what you're saying there. Uh, people, it's wrong. People are still saying, talk about South Australia election. You didn't talk about it properly. Do you have anything else to add to that? No, because I don't know anything about it. I'm not really sure where South Australia is. <laughs> They're saying that it's I'm never, assuming that it's South. In the what, what, Maybe this is one of the uh, one of the only few times that this has happened where like a first-term incumbent government just uh, voted Yeah, but out. that's not really that impressive in South Australia. The Labor Party is the natural party in South Australia. And I was expecting... I called it when Stephen Marshall was elected. Thank you very much. You can go back on this podcast and look at it, and I've probably said statements that support both arguments, like <laughs> Cenk Oiga does, but then I just highlight the ones that show me saying what I agreed with. Yeah, Cenk Oiga... What the fuck happened to Cenk Oiga? I haven't seen that motherfucker in years. I don't know. I gotta check in on him. I bet he has like five views now. Him and Anna Kasparian are still. All right, let's have a look. Let's just before we go, we're looking at. No, before we go, I was thinking we call in Miss Love as well. Well, Ban Mole wants us to also call Nan, and you're in luck because we are going to be doing one of those. Ali's got Nan's number. Alright, wait. Oh, he doesn't. Oh, that's a shame, guys. Looks like we'll never call Nan. Oh, put your headphones on, Jordan. You got it. I bet he's not going to pick up. He's too happy that he's still COVID positive. Oh, man. You know how Anna Kasparian was one of... <sighs> I love that sound. Yeah, Miss Love. And in true Miss Love style, promising that he would be available for calls and then not taking the call. Well done, Miss. <laughs> well done, Miss. Uh, you really lucked out in life, didn't you? He really is on uh, Geordie Care at the moment. Well, what is Geordie Care? My health care plan. Oh, really? I'm just paying him to sit around and complain about how his throat is sore. Wait, um, wait you're giving him like COVID allowance? What's going on? Yeah, I'm giving him JobKeeper. Shit. That's uh, a good deal. Now, let's look at this. You know what's weird about Anna Kasparian? You know how she was one of the hottest women on YouTube? A year ago. Well, because there were like five women on YouTube like a year ago. Yeah, but it's also that she looks a bit like a grandma now. She's got that same thing that a lot of ethnics from that region have of hottest woman on earth in their 20s. As soon as they hit 35, they're a babushka. Boom, boom, boom. All right, well, guys, thanks for joining us. We'll do... You're right, man. He's basically got five views. Yeah, I... Wouldn't imagine. Young Turks lost their credibility some time ago. I don't know what happened, what led to their downfall, but something happened after the Trump election when no one gave a shit about them anymore. Mm. And look, man, 
There's so many thumbs with Anna Kasperian's face instead of Chanks. <laughs> Shit, people hate that guy. I fucking hate All it. All right, well, thanks for joining us today. Hopefully, And also, can I just say this as well? You know you're in dire straits when Anna Kasperian is the more popular one. Shit. Scary stuff. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Jimmy Dore killed the Young Turks. All right, anyway. Sign up on Patreon. Uh, yeah, sign up. Bec- uh, listen, become a patron. We need your help. And uh, sign up to the Uplate. Listen to us talk about um, very controversial topics on the Uplate that we can't overhear. And we'll see you next week, hopefully, with Miss Love. Love.